Welcome to today's podcast. Today, I've got Paul Avens joining me. Now, Paul's an award-winning business coach, been doing it for a number of years now, but not only is he a great coach, he's run and built and exited a few businesses himself. Today, he's focusing on working with business owners to increase their revenue, increase their sales, and increase their profit. Paul, I'll stop mumbling and try and get you to talk about yourself and uh, tell us what you're doing nowadays. And that's going to be a far better introduction than what I can do. Well, I thank you very much. And firstly, uh, great to be here with you today. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this for 17 years. Um, but as, I, as I've often said to clients of mine, I was an entrepreneur first and foremost. So um, started and uh, built, scaled, successfully exited by, of two companies by the time I was 30. Uh, managed to uh, invest it all in things I didn't understand and lose it all by the time I was 32 uh, and kind of had to start my entire sort of rebuilding journey all over again from that experience. And, uh, you know, for the last 17 years, I've been helping uh, entrepreneurs in the UK specifically to build what I call a grown-up business. So it's a business that actually creates shareholder value without them needing to be there all the time to run it. So they create shareholder value that grows without them, that at some point they can create a capital event to exit for seven figures. So I talk about helping people scale up to seven figures and sell, uh, which is kind of really my sweet spot. Typically I work with entrepreneurs and business owners um, who are at or around a million pounds uh, turnover. So around that million million dollar revenue kind of mark, I guess for you guys as well, it's probably similar sort of million, million, five dollar revenue mark. uh, but in the UK, a billion pounds. And then we look at uh, helping them scale out from there to 10 or mid million or above. The biggest client we've worked with or currently we're coaching is at 24 million. Um, and then there's everything in between, multi-sector. Uh, and currently at the moment I'm working with, if we, we added it up yesterday, there's 22 different entrepreneurs who are going through various coaching programs, uh, products and programs that we have. So, um, and as in addition to that, um, as I say to all my clients, I'm also an entrepreneur still at heart. Uh, So yes, I run a coaching business, but I also run a digital marketing agency that we started two years ago um, that has grown incredibly fast, specializing in online sales funnels. That's got 19 people in the team, which is about to do a million. We're on track to do a million uh, for year two with that one. And then I own a psychometric profiling company that that's, uh, specializes in organizing, helping organizations build what we call get their team dynamics right and build high-performing teams. Because if you want to scale and successfully exit, one of the things that will be a blocker to that is not having a team that can run the business without you. Uh, and we realized that was a real challenge for most business owners in terms of doing that. So actually about five years ago, I started building a business that specifically you know, solving that problem for entrepreneurs. So, you know, I'm a passionate entrepreneur who likes to solve problems for other entrepreneurs that create ultimately bottom line, you know, balance sheet value that you can, you know, so not, you know, yes, we can help them create PL value, but obviously we are, we're ultimately helping entrepreneurs to create balance sheet value that they can monetize with a, with a successful exit strategy at some point. So what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> well, I, well, good question. Uh, I like collecting. I, I'm kind of a passionate watch enthusiast. Uh, I'm really big into. I'm fascinated by the whole watch industry and horology, uh, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, just big into that as a hobby. And and there's a couple of a couple of artists that I love to follow, and and a bit of a bit into that as well. So yeah, but I've got I'm married. Uh, been married for 20 years now. Been together for 20 years. Got a 15 year old son. So you know, that's that's enough. I think I I, I think that's enough. <laughs> Yeah, a bit tongue-in-cheek. I figured after all that work, you wouldn't have any spare time. But uh... Uh, yeah, I think you've got to have some fun and some passions. Otherwise, movies, actually. 
If I'm honest, I'm a massive Marvel fan. Uh, I'm a big kind of Marvel fan and I'm big into movies. I, I love, you know, there's nothing I enjoy more than sit down, spend three hours watching a good movie. That's, that's, that's my idea of relaxing, really. <laughs> With, with absolutely no, or for me, no, no real plot, just action. And uh, <laughs> hey, who, who doesn't love a good superhero story? I mean, like, come on, right? We all want to be the superheroes in our own life. So let's watch someone else. <laughs> so, so coaching and uh, what, what's your focus? Because, you know, I, I used to do a bit of coaching myself and uh, have met a lot of business coaches over the years. And yep. all of them seem to have their areas of niche where they, they have a particular focus and a particular strong uh, what are the areas that you focus on when you're working with businesses? I think you also said you work with groups. Yeah. What's your approach? Right, so it's a good question. So, I mean, uh, I, I, I say that coaching is one of the tools that I use. So, um, you know, I'm a more probably, uh, somebody referred to me this morning in an interview where they said you're more of a business growth strategist. And that's probably true. You know, I'm very good at figuring out the growth strategy to, to scale. But I mean, we, we take people through kind of a number of steps. So for us, it's what we call the level up step, uh, which is all about leveling up their leadership skills, leveling up their ability to act, their vision, their values, understanding the value they're creating. Then team up where you're building the right team because most organizations and businesses get stuck because they don't have the right people in the right roles and they don't understand how to build a high performing team. And then finally for us, it's the scale up piece, which is really helping businesses go from one to five to 10 to 20 million, you know, that journey um and and how you do it successfully without burning out in the process and without destroying your family relationships and your health and everything else that so the risks in in that way so i mean you know i specialize really in doing mastermind groups though, and, and group coaching because i've just found over the 17 years that i've been doing this that entrepreneurs by and large are a very competitive bunch right <laughs> right right we like to compete and it's yep. you know i can do one-to-one -one coaching but actually when you put people in a room with other a uh, million owner, a million pound business, businesses who are sharing ideas, sharing stories, sharing struggles, the stuff they're dealing with, you, you get a camaraderie and a community that gets people going, I, I love being part of this community. I mean, we, we have an incredible client retention rate and something I'm really proud of in our industry. You know, we have clients that we've been working for now that have been with us 12, 13 years, they're still growing, you know, um, and they're still in programs because they love the support that they get and the strategies and the, and the kind of specialized insights that we bring. But for me, it's like that, you know, entrepreneurs are at their best when they're competing with other people. You know, you, you turn up for a meeting and you think, oh, I've done pretty well this month. You know, I've had a good, good quarter or whatever. And, you know, we're up 25%. And then the guy, in, the guy in a completely different industry to you sat next to you or the lady in a completely different industry sat next to you because we have an awful lot of lady entrepreneurs as well that we attract um, is sat there and she says, yeah, we're, we're up 50%. We're up you know, they, <laughs> you're sitting there going, Okay, I thought I was doing quite well. I need to up my game, right? And it's that constant kind of like, you know, like it's it's a banter. I mean, we, you know, I was just on a call before you, and you know, I had a client of mine who bought a business last year in one of our programs, and um, he said they said, yeah, great, we're, we just we're just really excited because we bought it, and it's it went for thirty grand, and it's now worth three hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and we've done that in twelve months. Like, and there aren't many places that you could invest thirty grand and, and get back a ten times return on your money in the current market. Um, you know, unless you know what you're doing when you buy those kind of businesses. So, yeah, for me, it, coaching is one of the tools that I use. Uh, consulting is another, um, you know, mentoring is another. Train, I'm a, you know, I, I'm a trained facilitator. I'm a, you know, master practitioner when it comes to things like NLP and, and, and using tools like that. But they're all just tools in a toolkit yeah. to me, right? And, and 
uh, fundamentally my job is is to be that that you know I I talk about it about I, I like to work with people who have a huge kind of like positive energy but also like a passion to to go out and build something create something solve a problem in the world and they've got that level of ambition and 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 they're action orientated right and it, it's that whole kind of that's where I tend to that's the sweet spot for me is is working with people who don't just want to hear about the information but actually want to go and implement it because it's it's and I've said for years in my career you get paid on what you get done and it's it's like it's easy to sit in a room it's easy to have a conversation but entrepreneurs the rubber meets the road when you actually go out and do something with it. Yeah. You, you can have all these great theories, these great business models, but uh, it's the applications of the models that get the results. And that's what clients keep bringing you back for. If you yeah. can apply it in the real world and help make a difference in their, in their lives, really. Totally right. So you're clearly a guy with a lot of energy, a lot of passion, and which is the, the stereotype entrepreneur that I see um, out there. What is it you love about being an entrepreneur, Paul? I posted, um, I posted, this, I posted on LinkedIn recently, and uh, and I said, I said, being an entrepreneur is is a bit like riding a roller coaster. In that one minute you feel really excited because you're climbing this goal, and then the next minute everything's going to hell and everything's going crap, and you feel sick and you want to get off the ride. But part of you knows that if you stay on the ride, you'll get to the good bit of the ride. And it's like, I think for me, it's it. What I love about sort of building businesses is the ability to take something from idea and turn it into something tangible and 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 to take something that's just a concept and then change somebody's life with it make a difference uh you know build a team build it's just it's a great sport to play it's like what else would you really want to do you know for me anyway right it's like that doesn't mean you don't have date i mean like god i had a couple of days recently when you you know you, you if you just make it to the end of the day you're considering it a win you know yeah, <laughs> you get you. You know, I survived this one. I'll get up tomorrow and have another go. But it's like you know, it's going to test you, right? I mean, the, this is not for everybody. Being a business owner and entrepreneur is absolutely not for everybody, Be, and it's a lot harder than most people think it is. Yeah, some someone described it to me once after making the transition, and and yeah, I think it was five or so years in after you know having a really good job and a successful you know employment employed career to becoming an entrepreneur. He said. Daryl, I just live every day far more intensely now. Oh, yeah. As an employee, I was a super dedicated employee. I worked hard. I worked big hours. I gave my all for that. But this is just so much more intense. When, when it's your business, everything's riding on you. You, you experience every emotion you know, right. at a higher level of an intensity than, than I ever did as an employee. And I think your energy, your expression kind of just summed that up beautifully. I think that's a great, I think it's, I think that's probably the best description I've heard. It is, you feel it like, like the, the, the range of emotions that you can go on from, you know, one minute, everything is absolutely going great. And you've just won a big order and everything's fantastic to, you know, four hours later, stuff's going wrong. This is, you know, delivery issues with this, this client's not happy about that. It's like, you have, you have to be able to kind of, um, enjoy that kind of emotional pivots i guess uh and and love solving the problems you know like like i call them puzzles we don't we don't really talk about problems we talk about puzzles yeah. and this is something i learned years ago is if you call it a problem it feels overwhelming and stressful if you call it a puzzle then you're more likely to, to access the parts of your brain that will want to solve it and i think entrepreneurs have that mindset that there is definitely a solution to this 
I might not know what that is right now, but I am going to stick at this until I find what the solution to this is, because yeah. I refuse to believe that there isn't one. Well, I think that's exactly what got them to start the business in the first place. There, there's something in the marketplace. I see two types of, and I'm going to say business owner now. The entrepreneur is the one who's seen a problem. They've seen a need in the marketplace and they go, hey, this industry needs to change because they're all doing it this way and that's just crazy. Or, or this niche is missing and there's a, there's a hole in the market and there's a market in the hole that needs to be filled. If not me, then who? And then there are other people and they're, they're future thinking people. To me, they're always they're the optimistic ones. They're the, um, they always see a better future and they're trying to solve problems and make the, the, the world a better place. Then there are owners who are, or business owners who have gone, hey, you know what? I, if I start a business like this, I can make a lot of money. And they're, they're, they're purely the finance driven. So I think there are the, the, the people who have got a, a cause and want to change something. And there are those who are, who are more commercially oriented and they're purely money focused. And, and they're just two different styles. Neither is right or wrong, but um, I think it just attracts different types of people. Yeah, I, I, I'd say there's probably a third. If I was honest, I'd say there's what I'd call the artist. Okay. Um, so I think you get certain people who are more that they're in it for the art. It's their art, you know, like they get to create things and they're, and they're obsessed with the creation process, the, whether it's product creation, software creation, like they, you know, they, they, they see it as a creative outlet. Um, and that they're not in it for the money. They're in it for the joy of creating something yeah. of value. And then, uh, you know, the, the entrepreneur, the, the ones I've worked with, and I've been very blessed to work with some very successful people over the, over my career of 17 years, three and a half thousand, four and a half, well, three and a half thousand entrepreneurs that I've worked with. You know, I've worked with some incredibly successful ones. Um, and the thing, the, the entrepreneurs in my mind, the, the, the kind of what I would call the true entrepreneur sees a problem, wants to create a solution for it with a product, uh, you know, or a service that solves that problem. Then they want to scale it particularly fast and then they want to get out and go do the next thing. Yeah. And I think, and then you, and then you've got another, you've got the artist who wants to create something. And as long as they're in an industry where they can stay creative, they're fulfilled by that. And as long as they can make a living, they're, they're honestly genuinely pretty happy with that. Then you've got this, this kind of what I would call kind of business owner who goes, look, I see an opportunity to build a business, but then I'm about running that one business really successfully optimizing it optimizing the profit opportunity in it, giving myself a nice lifestyle until I'm ready to exit it. Yeah. And I, and I, I think those are the, that's just from my experience anyway, they're, they're kind of the three different types of, of sort of people in this space that I've come into contact with really. Yeah, that's a better way of summarizing it. So Paul, have you ever come across any business owner that you, that you feel you can't help? <laughs> well, yeah. Put you on um, no, that's a great question. Um, the only people I've okay, so yeah, yes is the honest answer, right? The, the, um, there's a phrase that is one is in my first book called Business SOS that I I wrote right in the middle of the last recession, 2007 2008, around 2008 I wrote it, and I, and I say and I say at the beginning of that book I say you have to participate in your own rescue. There have been people who don't want coaching; they want someone to blame for it not working. Yeah. Um, they don't, and they don't want to take responsibility for it. And they would like to blame you for the fact that it hasn't worked. So you become the story they want to adopt. I've had that happen. Yeah. I've also had people who are absolutely not coachable. Don't, you know, it doesn't matter what you suggest that they do, then they just don't do it because 
it's not their idea. And that's the skill really with the coaches to help clients realize it's their idea and then they own it. But there are definitely people I've worked with who've been not coachable, who've like, you know, turned up every, almost every coaching session and said to me, go on then convince me why I should do what you're telling me. And that was certainly in the early days of my career, not now, but back when I started out in my career, I had that a few times, but I've, I've definitely had to have the tough love conversations too. And, and I always say to clients of mine, I said, I'm like, a, I said, you know, the P and the A, P, P in my name, Paul Avins, PA, stand, the P stands for, look, I am a positive, when you work with me, you're going to be around someone who is positive, who is bringing that energy to the table. Um, I said, but I'm an accelerant. The A is an accelerant. And I said, if you've got a good business, you're going to get a better business faster. I said, but if you've got a bad business, we're going to find out that it's a bad business faster. <laughs> I said, so I, so I have actually told people that this business will not scale. You should sell it or close it. And I've, I've had two very difficult conversations the last, probably the last three years where I, having been bought in and spent three or four months really getting under the hood of the business, I've, I've been really honest with the business owner and said, you've got two choices, right? Number one, kill it, put it under, it's, it's not going to scale, right? It's done. It's, it's just not the right model or, or you, or you've got to, you've got to just decide that this is as good as it's going to get and you're okay with that, but it isn't really good. It's, it's draining your energy. It's not making you very much money. So why would you keep it? And, you know, I've had those conversations because people pay me to tell them the truth. They don't tell me, they don't pay me to be nice to them. They want someone who's going to tell them the truth. And if, if you've got, if you've got a business that isn't going to scale based on everything I know about scaling businesses and have done for 17 years, right? If, if I look at it and go, look, if after six months of you and me working on this, this thing isn't going to scale with what you know and I know, then I'll save you three years of your life. Get out now. And sometimes it's hard for an entrepreneur to go, this, this vehicle that I've spent five years of my life isn't going to scale. And I need to accept that and get out and go find another vehicle. That's a really hard thing to emotionally come to terms with. We, you know, we all hope that the one we're starting next is the one that's going to go the distance, sell for seven figures and you know, financially enable us to retire. Right. We all that's the dream when we start. That's the dream. You know, we want it to be that kind of success. But, you know, the whole thing about the business cycle is that not everyone is going to go the whole distance. Some are some are just not designed or the market isn't big enough for them to ever reach that kind of realization. And yeah, just, I guess the proof of facts are, is that sometimes it is them. They yeah. are the blockage, they're the limiting factor to the business. They've yep. either got to grow, change their style, um, because a lot of entrepreneurs, I think you've, you've mentioned, you, know, you, you get biz businesses through that seven figures. That seven figures is an interesting number because about a million pounds revenue is, is where we, you know, in my experience, you need to introduce a business model. It's time to change the business model. Yes, our first employee is tough and, and that's a big change, but moving beyond about 10, we need to introduce a management layer. Yeah. And that's a change to the business model. And in my experience too, if you're gonna go beyond 10 people or about a million pounds revenue, you've got to commit all the way to about 30 people yeah. Yeah, to, get the, to get the full benefit from you know introducing that management layer otherwise yeah. It's, yeah you're in a black hole and yeah. you're just not going to get the efficiencies or economies of scale and some business owners they're just control freaks they don't want to let go or they haven't figured out how to create um a delegation model and and delegate and maintain control they just want to touch everything micromanage and they become the bottleneck 
And that's a learned skill, which I guess you're getting involved in and going and helping them involve and learn that skill and implement it into their business. Yeah, and it, and and uh, you're right, and, and and the challenge is that nobody, you know, unless you've had coaching and you or you've done it before, you don't understand that's the rules of the game, right? You don't understand that, you know, you can't hang out at 15 people or 18 people and have it work because it just genuinely doesn't. You've got to go all in and go, look, we're going to break through this and get to 30 people, five million. You know, you've got to. We have to commit to that, and that's going to take a, a different level of skill set, and you might not want to go through the learning process to build that and that's fine by the way there's no judgment if you're happy to hang out a million pounds and you can make quarter of a million pound profit and that's your lifestyle sorted and you're really comfortable there feel brilliant about it and 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 you don't need to push on not everybody needs to build a 10 million pound business right some some of us can make a great living and have a great life at six hundred thousand. thank you very much right you know i was talking to a client of mine earlier they got a business that does five hundred and fifty thousand. one employee that runs it full-time and they make 80 percent net profit like that's a nice like they don't need to go to 10 million they're very happy they work two days a week they're completely comfortable they're in their 50s life is good like they're happy why would they want to scale that it's like it has to match your personal life desires and and dreams and not everybody and and the worst thing in you in the world is you can buy someone else's dream for your vision or your business someone else's vision for your for your business when it isn't yours because the person who's going to have to build it is you and you need to be very aware of what you're signing up to when you sign up to it because there's nothing worse than being you know there's two there's two questions i think every entrepreneur asks and it, it, depending on the answers, it's going to depend on what happens in terms of whether you make it or not. And the two questions are, are these. Number one, can I do it? That's a self-belief question, right? And we're all asking that every time. Every time we go to a new level of the business, we're constantly asking, can I do this? Have I got the skills? Am I going to be able to manage, you know, managing a two, five million pound business is a totally different skill set to managing a half a million pound business, right? There's totally different sets of financial awareness, skills, knowledge that you need to have at that level. Now, do you know, can I do that is an internal question. The second question I, I, I say everybody asks is, is it worth it? And, and and right <laughs> because suddenly and you know and I've drawn I have it on the, the kind of graph behind me where I talk about you know when you go from startup to what we call PL thinking which is when you actually start building teams and you and, uh, and you start building teams and systems and people and processes and all that's happening that sucks profit all of the profit gets sucked back into building that and you actually end up working harder for less money yeah and at that point you every single entrepreneur i know me included by the way at times starts asking the question of is it worth this is it worth the hassle is it worth the the hours i'm putting in i'm actually earning i'm earning less than i was earning before and you this is the stage i call wading through treacle and the challenge is at that point if you answer both questions negatively nine times out of the ten you're out of the game the minute you start going i can't do it it isn't worth it that's it you're already looking for an exit door you're already going how do i get out or how do i go back to when it was little boutique business that i could could manage and it wasn't stressful and it's like those two questions are at play with all of us all the time and unless you've got somebody around you to go listen it's all right you'll be okay this is the path this is the map this is the journey this is what the next stage is supposed to feel like 
supposed to be really challenging. It's supposed to be learning about people and profiles and understanding different people and how to manage them and understanding who you need around you on your team because we all need different people. And, and, and then you're in a room with other entrepreneurs who have gone through this journey who say to you, don't worry about it. We got through it. You'll get through it. We felt the same. And then, then suddenly people can relax into it. But if it's just you and your own inner thoughts and your spreadsheets late at night worrying about this stuff, my experience is most people don't make it through that. It's lonely at the top and, and you can't have these conversations with your spouse and you, you just introduce more stress, which you just don't want. Uh, it's, it's that entrepreneur's dilemma, isn't it? And, and therefore, you know, these mastermind workshops and, and groups, that's why they're so popular with successful entrepreneurs because they work. Yep. You know, you've got to keep investing in yourself and growing and you've got that peer group support that says, yeah, like, you can do it. We've been there. You need to do this next. Yeah. And it's really weird because, you know, when I start, I started running my mastermind 10 years ago, it's called F12. And I started running it 10 years ago. And it was for, the reason it was called F12 was, it was, uh, I, I was into, mo I mean, I kind of like motor racing and stuff. And obviously F1 was definitely not going to be a viable option given that it's, you know, a global trademarked brand. But then I thought, well, hang on a minute, F12, there's 12 months in a year and then there'll be 12 people in it because that's what Napoleon Hill said is the perfect size for a mastermind, right? So I was like, well, that works, F12. That's kind of got a good thing, good ring to it. Let's do that. Let's go with that. And, uh, and when you try and explain to somebody what it's like to be in a mastermind who's never been in one before, they can't, really understand why you would why would i do that it doesn't make I, you know they it's a hard thing to understand and then when someone's been in one for about three or four months they go okay i i, I get this and i can't like some the number we've had three clients who've said to us don't ever ask me if i need to renew and i was like what why and they said look i'm in for life right until we sell <laughs> just just renew me all right just renew me it's not don't even ask and i'm like okay and like <laughs> Because that when you're in that environment, it's like it's like being in an escalator that's going much faster than everyone else, but it doesn't feel like it. You're in this, you're and it and like when you're in an accelerator like that, you re, you forget how what life's like outside it. And the 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 clients of mine who get the best results, are the one that go, look, I like the discipline, I like the accountability, because you know I've always said the best thing about being you know in business for yourself is that you don't have a boss, right? The worst thing about being in business for yourself is that you don't have a boss, right? Yeah. Nobody knows if you don't do the something you said you were going to do this week. Nobody knows if you don't deliver on the, the sales numbers that you said you wanted to hit this quarter. But when you're in a group of like-minded people and you're in a group of people who are playing the same game with you, they want to grow, they want to go, they're, they're, they're in seven-figure mode, you know, you can't turn up to one of those meetings and go, I know I said I was going to do those three things but I was just tired last month. <laughs> it's like everyone in the room is going to go, are you kidding me? Like, seriously, like, we're all busy. We've all got stuff going on. Like, you know, and it's like, it, it, we all need a level of accountability to be held to a higher standard of performance than we would ultimately hold ourselves to on our own. And that's, that's how the, no great sports person becomes great on their own. It just yeah. doesn't happen. And, and you don't strive just to achieve mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, true. You strive to succeed to go way beyond mediocre. mediocre. You don't have to try. So, um, so Paul, what's your exit plan? Oh God, killer question. Well, see, I've got different ones really. So, um, you know, the, the sales funnels online business that I'm building with my my business partner Adam, 
um, you know, that's that's a definite scale to sale play without de- without question. You know, we see that being a you know um, three to five million pound business, and then being in a position where we own you know a, a significant amount of the UK market space with that one. Um, and for sure, that's a sale plan. The the coaching business, it's not. It's you know, then this is I think it's important as well to know when when a business is something that actually is sellable and when it's not. I don't want to sell my coaching business. I love what I do. I, I, you know, I enjoy the, I enjoy the relationships, the deal flow that it brings me, the opportunities, the learning I get from it. Um, and it, and it affords me a, a nice lifestyle and why would I want to sell it? And that business is, is heavily dependent on me and my expertise. And it's that, you know, that's that for me, I'm very comfortable with keeping that one as a, you know, as, as a, as a vehicle for you know, consistently generating cash flow. And opportunities and and a network really so that that that's not an exit plan one for me at the minute the other the other two businesses that i own have both got you know strategic plans with a three to five year kind of growth map and exit plan built into them so it's good to know you're practicing what you're preaching here yeah yeah i i'm a great believer that um there are too many people in our profession who uh can talk it but don't walk it and for me it's it's about saying look if we're going to take business owners and teach them how to build a grown-up business then we need to be a grown-up business we can't say you should be doing this if we're not doing it so it's a it's it's integrity honestly it's an integrity question for me it's it's like look i'm not gonna i'm never gonna suggest that you should do something that i'm not doing myself in one of my businesses i had a really interesting conversation with a, a a potential client about six months ago and he said i find it really weird that you're a business coach who runs businesses and i said i find it really weird that you would find that odd right i like because i said i'm an entrepreneur first who also coaches i said i'm not you know i'm not a retired executive who does business coaching i said i i started business coaching at the age of 32 i was 32 when i started business coaching right like like i started it before the profession even existed in this country i was one of the first in the uk to do it and for me it's like look I've always been, I've been an entrepreneur and a business builder first, first, and I still build companies now. I mean, I bought a, um, three years ago, four, no, five years ago, sorry. I bought a business out of administration, restructured it, built it, built the team, sold it. You know, I, I still do the entrepreneurial stuff and coach. It's like, so I'm living, you know, I, I go just, you know, the, the, if you take the pandemic and you take everything that's been going on with that, I've had to navigate that, not just for the clients of mine that I serve, but for my own businesses as well, right? My own teams, my own customers in those businesses, we've had to navigate that too. So it's like, I say to people, I'm living the exact life in the world that you live in, but I'm actually testing everything on my own businesses first. So I never teach you something that we've never done ourselves. So it's like, you know, I'm not risking your business with my latest idea. I'll take my latest idea and apply it to one of my businesses. And if it works, then I'll come and teach you. And if it doesn't work, I'll come and explain to you why you shouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's what went wrong. Yeah, exactly. And I'm really transparent about that because not everything I do works, far from it. You know, I'm a, as I say to people at the beginning of the year, look, you know, my name is Paul Avins. I am gonna be your coach this year. I'm gonna coach you to where I think you can be, but I'm also a human being and I will make mistakes. I'm gonna do that, right? I will get stuff wrong. And like, that's part of being an entrepreneur is it being okay with the fact that you're going to mess up and then you've got to clean it up because it's your mess. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, those who aren't making mistakes, aren't doing anything is the old adage, isn't it? And uh, yeah. you've got to make a few mistakes. So Paul, we've got getting to the end. So what I'm thinking is you, you've got a bucket load experience. We've covered a truckload of information today. 
have you got two or three top tips that are really worth your know, uh, business owners thinking about and focusing on who are just starting to think about, hey, look, at some point I need to exit my business. What are the yeah. tips that they really need to work on and focus on? Uh, yeah, so it's a great question. I think if you're going to, just from the people that we've known successfully exit in the last 24 months, some stuff that, are, that that's come up that I would share and, and I've learned. A um, couple of things. Firstly, uh, it, one of the most important things is to have an, a really uh, great team in place that can run the business without you needing to be there. So, you, you know, you want to start thinking about how do I build it now so that the team, I've got the right senior leadership team in place or senior, you know, senior people in the team to run the business so that I don't need to be there, right? That, that's the first thing is that start understanding the team that you've got and then be real about whether they can really be the right team for someone else to come in and buy. Because if someone can buy your business without needing to run it, it becomes a lot more attractive to a lot more potential uh, purchases or investors. That's number one. As uh, so a team, the team is a massive blocker to sell in my experience. So don't, you know, spend time figuring that one out. Um, number two, uh, strongly suggest that you learn how to build a pitch deck. Uh, certainly, I mean, I had a client of mine recently sell 30% of their business for 3 million and they would not have got that deal had they not built a really compelling pitch deck and learned, uh, got and got really specific on who they wanted to sell to in the market. Not just, we want to sell to, you know, we want to sell our businesses. No, we want to sell our business to somebody in the construction industry who's turning over hundred million, you know, who, who we will add a lot of value to, you know, they were really specific, you know, whichever industry it was, right. Uh, you know, it could be manufacturing. I've had that one. It could be, could be services, could be retail. It doesn't really matter, you know, whatever industry you're in, but get really specific on the avatar of the buyer. Now, most people don't do this. They'll go, they'll go really specific on the avatar of the customer, but they won't think about the avatar of the buyer. And I, and I highly encourage clients to do that because you, you, you're selling your business. It's a sales transaction. So you need to know who you're selling it to. Get really detailed with that. And then the other one for me, and this is about, and I'm sure you, you probably teach something exactly like this, but I always say to people, write down your, uh, you know, one of my accountants, friends, Jeff calls it your, um, your, beach, your beach hut number. You know, like what's your number that if somebody offered you it, you would walk away for put that number on a piece of paper put it in an envelope stick it in a safe and then when you actually get the offer if the number is bigger than what you write down on that card for you you're that's it you're done don't get the ego don't let ego derail the sale because that'll happen right and then oh, i'd like another half a million it's like well you got the number that was on the card take the money and leave and if i was if i was and i'll share one final thought with you which is this um and I'm curious on your take on whether you've seen this too, but too many people I've seen who exit uh, have made the mistake of getting locked into an earnout over one or two years and where they're stuck in it for one or two years. And everybody who's done this um, and they do it on the rationale that I'm going to stay in because I'll make you know, a chunk of extra cash. And everybody I know who's done it has ended up really miserable, really unhappy and hated working for the person who bought their business. And I would be like, look, if I could give you one piece of advice, make sure you negotiate a number that you could, you're really happy about walking away and walk away. Um, and then even if you take slightly less money, in my opinion, this is just my view, take slightly less, but walk away because the amount of money you can make in the following two years that you would have been locked into that deal uh, you know, in my opinion, dwarfs what they're going to pay you on an earnout. 
that's my opinion, right? And, uh, and it's, it's, it's slightly counterintuitive, but I've seen so many people get crushed emotionally, stuck in a corporate engine that bought their business, that, 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 that when they lose all their freedom and all their control and other people start making decisions and it just it emotionally does them in. So there you go. There's a few final thoughts. Well, thank you for that. That's, that's some great energy and great insights there, Paul. I appreciate you sharing. And to answer your question, yes, I have seen that. I've seen, look, it's one of the reasons I started Succession Plus is to, I just saw so many business owners you know, having to do an earnout, agree to an earnout, you know, just to get the, the business action and a transaction over the line and, and end up not completing the earnout. All of the earnout terms were favorable to the buyer, not them. The buyers yep. now got all of the control of, of what can and can't happen. So you're yep. at arm's length. And I've just saw too many business owners walk away, agree to an earnout two, three, five years, and walk away six months into it. Partly because they're miserable, partly because their entrepreneurs can't work for someone else. And you know, it, it just ends up feeling like a messy divorce. The, yeah. the exiting your business, which should be one of the happiest, most uh, celebrated times of your life, ends up feeling like that messy divorce. And to me, that's exactly what we're trying to avoid. It's the whole reason we're here. Um, and and th there's a reason why at the top of that chart, and if you see behind me, I, I've written the word time, is that you have to put a value on your time at yeah. each of these stages and go, right, it's not actually money that's the single most important currency in your life, it's time. So like, you no, know, like you think two years is, you know, you have, that's an incredibly long sentence for an entrepreneur to be stuck in a job for someone else. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it is a sentence. So let's call it that. So great tips. Thanks for sharing, Paul. Appreciate you being on the Exit Insights podcast. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure.